As I was uh, preparing this for this morning, I was thinking about uh, how we believe that God loves us so much, so much that nothing can separate us from Christ's love. And when we think about that, we, we have different things that come to mind on what our expectations may be for what it means for God to love us that much. So as we have that in our minds this morning, as we go throughout worship, I want you to be just kind of resting in God's love, knowing that God is pouring out love on you all the time. But our expectations can maybe deter us receiving that love as opposed to being in God's love all the time. So be having that in your mind as we work throughout worship this morning. Turn your, uh, to your announcements this morning. Uh, there aren't a lot uh, that um, you need to be aware of for things coming up. There are some things in here, like the, for the garage sale, a continued thank you for, for those that were a part of that and uh, that was able to raise uh, a fair amount of money that can go towards many different uh, kinds of ministries. And there's a couple things out on, on the narthex on the table there with a list of all of the different charities that are uh, supported by that mission. So if you would like to see what all that is, please take one of those that are like bookmarker type of things. also wanted to uh, point out to you that uh, there's a training, or not really a training, just a, an offering of How Jesus Heals Trauma that is brought together by the Stephen Ministries Network. And that's coming up on, su- on Sunday, October 8th. I uh, just wanted to just put that in your minds, and if that's something that uh, maybe you have a family member that experienced trauma, maybe you have experienced trauma, but it may help you understand more and how to be uh, a part of their healing. Uh, so that's something for you to take uh, a look at. also wanted to uh, encourage folks on this Enneagram, Discovering Our Personal Perspectives and Internal Core Motivations, uh, class that's going to be beginning this Thursday. Uh, it's coming up, and it's a, I think it was eight weeks. Is that what it is? Uh, it's a time for you to truly kind of like make yourself more aware of who you are and whose you are at the same time as you are understanding how you can relate with other folks around you. So it, it's really a self-awareness uh, about who you are in Christ and a way that you can interact with the world around you in a positive manner. There's so many things that we do that we don't necessarily know why we do them. This can help you understand why you're doing things and help you to be uh, more aware of the responses that you have to certain things. Uh, it's helped me in, in my life with, in interacting with my wife because we have different ways that we deal with things. We're able to communicate on recognizing how we are each different and how we respond to different things that we're doing. So it is something that helps you in all your relationships. So I wanted to encourage you to be uh, a part of that class. Uh, There is no cost to you. There's no books. It's something that uh, my wife has uh, training for, being coaching in this area. Uh, So she will be leading that that time for you. So I encourage you to be a part of that uh, coming up beginning Thursday night at 7, and they will be meeting uh, in the library here. With that, I think that is all the announcements that I need to share with you today. Let us prepare for worship as we take in the prelude.
Please stand and join with me in the call to worship. In the midst of joy and celebration, In the midst of trials and sorrows, call out to God. Please remain standing and join with me in the opening hymn, Glorious Things of Thee Are Spoken, hymn number 731.
You may be seated. Thank you. And then please join with me in the opening prayer. As we sing our praises to you, O Lord, we remember the multitude of blessings you have given us. We are mindful of the ways in which you have lifted us when we have fallen low. Be with us this day as we gather to hear your word for our lives. Give us confidence in your presence so that we may go into your world ready to witness to your love through our works and our deeds. For we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Can the children's come, children come join me for our children's moment? Hello, hello, hello. Okay, so I have, I have a short little message that has to do a little bit about what I'm going to read later and I think what Pastor is going to talk about. Does anybody know what a parable is? What is a parable? Because Jesus liked to teach things in parables. This is, this is a good word to learn. So a parable is a story that has a message or a story that has a lesson. And Jesus, Jesus had several parables that had a similar message. Um, one of them we're going to read about today. One of them is about a boss who ran a vineyard who was asking for workers. And, and those workers, um, some started early in the day and, and some started later in the day. And, and Jesus was giving the message that no matter if you started and you started work in the beginning of the day or you started late in the day, um, this boss, this boss gave everybody the same amount of money. And he was, he was making the connection. He was teaching the lesson. No matter if you believe and you do good things your whole life or if you believe maybe just at the end of your life. Or even if, even if you did some things that weren't very good early in your life, but you believe in Jesus, later in your life, everybody gets the same gift, um, the gift that Jesus can give. What is the gift that Jesus gives us all, that he gave us by dying on the cross? He died for our sins. He died for our sins. And what is that? That is true. But what is that gift that we get because he died for our sins? What, do we, what is the big gift that we get? This is big one. Let's think about it. What did Jesus, what did dying on the cross give us? Eternal life. Eternal life, yes. And that gift is for everyone. Now, this message he also gave in this story about two brothers who's, who one of the brothers wasn't the best and he left and he wasn't nice when he left. But when he came back, the dad celebrated big time for the brother who left. 
Um, um, there is, there's, a, there's messages like that in a lot of his stories that tell us that no matter what, you get that gift. And that message is good for those who, who don't believe, they, it, that, so they know that they can get this gift no matter what. But it's also good for us to know for those of us who believe all the time so we don't get jealous of, of Jesus spending extra time and God spending extra time on those that need it most. So he talks about that the last shall be first. So who got me the microphone and the candy? Thank you very much, Luke. So everybody else, you guys are going to get the candy first. You get your pick. How does that make you feel, Luke? Um, I don't know. But that's the message Jesus gave. Sometimes we do good things because it's the right thing, and it's not because we're going to get rewarded. Um, and we still will get, we'll still get rewarded. And, but we have to think through that sometimes in life when you, maybe you see others having a little extra help or Jesus putting extra time or maybe your teachers putting extra time in those that need help. Um, don't get jealous. Just know everybody is getting maybe what they need. What my teacher says is like fair is not always equal. That is a good point. Yes. So let's bow our heads and pray. Jesus, thanks for these messages that you give us in, in, in story form called parables. Thank you for the message that the, the last shall be first. It helps us remind us that everybody gets this gift, but also if we believe um, and we can pass on this message and we don't have to feel jealous when others have are poured into and get extra time from Jesus and Jesus' believers. Um, please make this a great week for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, you guys can go back to your seats. Luke, would you like candy? Here you go. There's an orange in there. No one, see, no one picked the one orange in there. I would, does anybody want the orange? You get an extra. Anyone, you want the orange? Please join with us in the prayer hymn, Come Sinners to the Gospel Feast, hymn number 339.
As we center ourselves for some prayer time, I did want to share with you uh, that I was able to visit with Carol after her surgery uh, that she had this week, and uh, everything seems to have gone well. Uh, she has a, an attitude that is so encouraging. Uh, her hope and uh, what is ahead is, uh, gives me hope just in hearing her share uh, how she feels about things going forward. Uh, so continue to be praying for her uh, as she continues. She's still in the hospital. Uh, hopefully she'll be going home in a, in a few days. Uh, maybe even tomorrow would be her fifth day there. Uh, so that is a time frame where they look at uh, maybe she would be able to go home. Uh, so let's keep that in our minds as we go throughout the week and, and in the days ahead. Let's go before our Lord in prayer. God of amazing love, we have a hard time even recognizing how amazing your love is. So often we take things for granted in many different ways, and then other times we, we just don't even have an idea of what to even expect. Part of our expectations is something that uh, we, we, we shape from everything that we do, everything that we experience. Lord, our experiences with you are ones that we, we want to recall. We want to keep them present in our lives. But Lord, there's days that are mundane to us. There's days that are, are hard for us. And we forget. Or we set aside the amazing love that we have received from you. Lord, we just ask that you would help us to walk with you each and every moment. That you would help us to understand that your love is always present, always resident in us. We receive love from so many different people in our lives, and it is amazing as well. We are grateful. We are grateful that you created us out of love, that you created us to be able to love one another, to experience it, to recognize the difference between what is love and what isn't love. You are amazing. If we can just keep that in the forefront of our minds on how amazing you are and what you are to us and all that you offer in your son, Jesus Christ. That each and every day would be one to celebrate. Knowing what we have in you. Encourage us, oh God. I am grateful for Carol's attitude. She gives me hope. And she's the one that is laying in the hospital bed. Lord, help me to understand. Let us help each other understand in our reactions to life. 
May your amazing love carry us every step. Let us not ever walk without it. Again, we are grateful. May our joy be complete in you. So Lord, you know what's on all of our minds and hearts. Speak to us directly. Show us your presence. Give us that hope in every moment. Let us share now this prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We have been given so much. We're just talking about and praying about God's love that is poured upon us. And, and we take that all in. As we take it in, what is our response? What is our response? Our response of worship, our response of praise, it all comes from what we receive. It comes from within on how we experience God's love. Believe it or not, our giving back is a response. It's a response to how we have understood our relationship and what it means for us to be the church. This is a part of worship. This is why we have this as part of worship. It is our response. Ushers, would you please wait upon us?
Before we share this prayer of dedication, I want to uh, remind us that we have been bringing in these Festival of Sharing kits over the past month or so. And we have over 100 school kits, 37 period packs, and 13 hygiene kits that we are going to be sending on to Festival Sharing. And there may be more that still come in between now and tomorrow morning, we're not sure. Uh, This is something that we are offering, and that is why we are bringing it today as part of our offering, noting that this will be the end of our festival sharing campaign, and that we are grateful for all that you have responded with. So please join in this prayer of dedication. Gracious God, you provide bread in the wilderness and life-giving waters in the desert. We offer you our thanks and praise. May our gifts and offerings bless your world, that all may be blessed and all may find purpose and passion through Christ our Lord. Bless now these hygiene kits and school kits that we have prepared and offer to the work of the Festival of Sharing Ministry. We pray that each kit will provide hope to the one who receives it, and they would recognize what they received as nothing less than the love from the Lord. Continue to work in us, O God, so we will be motivated to work in our communities to provide for the basic needs of the overlooked, ignored, and most vulnerable among us. Amen. Please remain standing for the Gospel reading. Okay, I, I have an idea that I, I because maybe because I was reading the book Empathy this morning, a chapter on that, that, uh, that the church kind of led everybody through, and it was about putting yourself in, in other people's shoes, and it reminded me as an English teacher, I would say this to my class when we taught allegory or parable or anything like that. So I was thinking, like, let's imagine that you're there in the audience when, when Jesus was giving this as a story. Uh, I, was, I was smiling to myself because I was noticing that he's talking about 9 a.m. in the morning or 5 p.m., and I'm wondering how people back then, they didn't have a watch on their hand. They'd have a sundial in the middle of every house, maybe. <laughs> just, just a thought, and put yourself in that, in that place, and I'll do my best rendition, but I'm sure it's not as good. Okay, Scripture, Matthew chapter 21 through 16. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. After he agreed with the workers to pay them a denarian, he sent them into his vineyard. Then he went out around nine in the morning and saw others standing around the marketplace doing nothing. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard and I'll pay you whatever is right. And they went. Again around noon and then at three in the afternoon, he did the same thing. Around five in the afternoon, he went out and found others standing around, and he said to them, Why are you just standing around here doing nothing all day long? Because no one hired us, they replied. He responded, You also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, Call the workers and give them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and moving on finally to the first. When those who were hired at five in the afternoon came, each one received a denarian. Now when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more. But each of them also received a denarian. 
When they received it, they grumbled against the landowner. These who were hired last worked one hour, and they received the same pay as we did, even though we had to work the whole day in the hot sun. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I did you no wrong. Didn't I agree to pay you a denarian? Take what belongs to you and go. I want to give to this one who has, was hired last the same as I give to you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with what belongs to me? Or are you resentful because I'm generous? So those who are last will be first, and those who are first will be last. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated.
So have you thought about what it will be like when the kingdom of heaven's reign is our only reality? Right now we live in the already, but not yet. Jesus had already brought the kingdom near and now reigns in heaven, but Jesus has not yet returned to usher in the new age of eternal life with him. This is our hope, eternal life with Christ. So, have you thought about living eternally with Christ in the new age? What are your expectations? Often, we hear people saying things like, we will live in mansions and live like kings without a care in the world. You know, living the good life. In general, our expectations are based on our current existence and our desires to have more than we have now or to have it better than we have now. However, when Jesus talked about the kingdom of heaven, He always turned our expectations upside down. Today's passage from Matthew's Gospel comes after Jesus had been teaching about the kingdom of heaven How greatness in the kingdom would be revealed in humility. How it would be difficult for a wealthy person to enter it. And then how through dependence on God's provision, nothing could keep us from entering the kingdom. This teaching had Peter thinking about the kingdom under Jesus' reign and, and his place in it. Wondering what it would be like for him and the other disciples. So Peter asked, look, we've left everything and followed you. What will we have? Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. Jesus' response began by suggesting that those under His reign will all have a place and a purpose in our inheritance. Then He turned things upside down with a simple sentence stating, the first will be last and the last will be first. This was a a way of saying life in the kingdom of heaven is different. 
And our expectations need to be different, not only regarding the new age, but now. See, Jesus shared this parable of the workers in the vineyard as part of his response to Peter to help him, the disciples, and us to adjust our expectations and to live as those under his reign. So as we anticipate the kingdom that is coming, how do we live under Jesus' reign now? I think it is telling that Jesus described the kingdom of heaven using common everyday images and experiences of the people he was talking with. He didn't describe it as some otherworldly existence. The descriptions are not really about the place or what, it is, what is going to be there or what it physically looks like. The parables paint pictures of how we live in relationship. Relationship with God and with each other. Jesus began His teaching saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. When Jesus shared this parable, everyone that heard him was familiar with the workings of a vineyard. They were also deeply aware of the Scripture's references of Israel as God's vineyard. So, mentioning the kingdom of heaven being like a vineyard with a landowner and workers had their attention in a personal and a spiritual way. It is likely they thought about their relationship with God and the relationship they had with His rule in their life. After all, they were recognizing themselves as the people of God already serving Him. Right? What about us? Do we not recognize ourselves as the people of God, the, the body of Christ serving the Lord already? Is the Lord's kingdom a priority in our life or is our personal kingdoms the focus? To live under Jesus' reign now, we must make the shift to live for the kingdom of heaven. Now this is a, a huge shift to make. You see, first we are still in the process of, of being transformed by the Holy Spirit. And we are not completely free from our selfishness. It is natural for us to give everything to benefit ourselves. And second, everything around us tells us, well, focus on ourselves too. Everything around us is always telling us to always want more for ourselves, to do more for ourselves. Making the shift is really turning things upside down. Shifting from living for us to living for the Lord. This is a shift of our thinking, but also in our pursuit of life. Our pursuit of life begins changing when we acknowledge our relationship with God. Now in the parable, the landowner sought out the workers for the vineyard and then established a relationship with them. So the parable continued like this. 
After he agreed with the workers to pay them a denarian, he sent them into his vineyard. Then he went out around nine in the morning and saw others standing around the marketplace doing nothing. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard and I'll pay you whatever is right. And they went. Again, around noon and then at three in the afternoon, he did the same thing. Around five in the afternoon, he went and found others standing around. And he said to them, why are you just standing around here doing nothing all day long? Because no one has hired us, they replied. He responded, you also go into the vineyard. Notice the landowner initiates a relationship with the workers and enters into an agreement or a covenant with them. The terms were acceptable to each of the workers and they all were directed to go into the vineyard to work and to assure the vineyard produced well for the landowner. Now, we don't know why some workers seem to be ready to go to work, why others were available later, or why others were seemingly overlooked as worthy workers. Remember, this is a parable. We are supposed to make connections in our life to the topic at hand. Our topic is life under Jesus' reign. Applying this parable to our lives, we have entered into a covenant with Christ by His initiative and by His blood to have a real relationship with God through Him forever. We each have a different story as to how and when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. These things alone establish our relationship with the Lord So now, what are we called to do? Again, notice what all the workers were directed to do after the covenant was made. They were sent into the vineyard to work. To live under Jesus' reign now, we accept that we all are sent to benefit Christ's kingdom. Now, the parable here doesn't talk about what roles we have but that we all have a role. We all have a role to play in serving the Lord to bring about the realities of the kingdom of heaven to earth. That's what we pray for in the the Lord's Prayer, isn't it? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If we are just standing around, as the parable says, then the Lord is asking us, why are you standing around? You also go in to my vineyard. Every day we are given. We are servants of the Lord. We all are sent. What are we doing to bring the Lord's goodness and grace into the world? Our natural tendency is to evaluate the return on our investments. It's normal, although invalid for us to evaluate what we are getting in return for our investment or commitment to our relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, we are even prone to compare each other's walk of faith and life's blessings and challenges as part of our own evaluation. These behaviors are not acceptable under the reign of Christ. Jesus spoke to this in this parable saying, 
When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, Call the workers and give them their wages. Beginning, beginning with the last ones hired and moving on finally to the first. When those who were hired at five in the afternoon came, each one received a denarian. Now when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more. But each of them also received a denarian. When they received it, they grumbled against the landowner. These who were hired last worked one hour and they received the same pay as we did, even though we had to work the whole day in the hot sun. Have you ever thought that you didn't get what you deserved? Or someone else received something you believe they didn't deserve? Thinking again about our expectations, have you expected life to be easier or without hardship because you have a relationship with Jesus? Maybe what blessings have you assumed but haven't received? Friends, our covenant with Jesus Christ has one reward. Eternal life. Yes, in Christ we have many blessings. Including a reconciled relationship with God. We also have received the Holy Spirit by whose power we are being transformed by love to love like Jesus. And by that same power we will be glorified with Christ in our resurrection. However, our one reward is eternal life with Christ. To live under His reign now, we consider our inheritance in Christ enough. We should live our life with thanksgiving, not with grumbling. When we live with expectations that are influenced by our current existence, we continue to grumble and create undue stress in our relationships with one another and with God. When Christ's inheritance is enough, then we can, as Paul noted, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus can rejoice in the Lord and all things that life brings because of our one reward which nothing, nothing we experience can take away from us. Unlike humanity, when God makes a covenant, the Lord honors it. Jesus concluded the parable saying, but he replied to the one of them, Friend, I did you no wrong. Didn't I agree to pay you a denarian? Take what belongs to you and go. I want to give to this one who was hired last the same as I give to you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with what belongs to me? Or are you resentful because I am generous? God will grant us our one reward. This we can trust. It is God's desire to give all who are in Christ eternal life. We are because He is. God gave us life. Life is a gift, a generous gift of God's love. In our life, Christ, in, our life in Christ, we are changed by love to love. 
to live under the reign of Jesus now, we are to be generous with grace just as God is generous. It's not about what we get, but what we give. This is the upside-down world of the kingdom of heaven. Even though it may not be evident to everyone, Christ's reign has begun in us who call upon Jesus' name. As we live more into the reality of Jesus' reign, the more evident it will be in the world. Through us, the kingdom of heaven is near. So let's live more and more under Jesus' reign by making the shift to live for the kingdom of heaven and not our own, accepting that we all are sent to benefit Christ's kingdom with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service and witness, considering our inheritance in Christ as enough with thanksgiving and praise and being generous with grace as we have experienced God's grace so lavishly. The kingdom of heaven is not like our world today. And that's a good thing. So let's show the world the goodness that is under Jesus' reign. Amen? Amen. Please stand with me for our closing hymn, O Jesus, I Have Promised, hymn number 396.
give me grace to follow my master and my friend. God's grace is sufficient for all things. May we know that in, we, in Him we have eternal life. And that be enough. That we can truly glorify God in all we do. Go in peace. In the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen.